In uncertain days, it is important to remember that our world is getting ready to meet God. We are all getting ready to meet Him. The King is coming. Today, we join Scott Pauley in walking through the final book of the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Do you remember who the first New Testament convert was from Thyatira? Uh, the Apostle Paul was ministering and uh, he had the joy and privilege of leading a woman to the Lord in Philippi who was from the city of Thyatira. Her name was Lydia. Do you remember Lydia, the seller of purple, way back in the book of Acts? But when you come to Revelation chapter 2, you find a church in Thyatira. That's fascinating to me to think how the Lord can take a seed and bring forth much fruit out of it, how He can multiply it. So uh, it begins with one convert from there coming to know the Lord, but in the end there is a church there. And it is in the city of Thyatira uh, that this group of believers has been assembling, they've been meeting, uh, they have been studying, and then suddenly another woman, not a godly woman this time, a godless woman, comes in among their assembly and begins to teach things she sh should not teach. Obviously, she was very attractive uh, because she led a host of people away. We do not know her name except that the Lord identifies her by the name Jezebel, and everybody knows what Jezebel stands for, rebellion, uh, that which is against God. He literally refers to her as Jezebel. Listen to Revelation chapter 2, beginning in verse number 18. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. That's interesting, isn't it? To all of these churches. He mentions that he knows their works, but here, double works. This was, a, this was a working church. This was an active church. By the way, I think there's a great caution here for all of us, and it is this. You can be busy. You can be busy even about good things. You can be full of works, and yet you can allow something to enter in that dishonors Christ. Because in verse 20, he says, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. Because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. We don't know exactly what all of her teaching was, but we know this, it wasn't truth. And by the way, when you don't teach the right things, people don't live the right way. There's always a connection between doctrine and deportment, between belief and behavior. We saw that in the last church, and here it is again. When she's teaching the wrong things, what happens? Suddenly there's fornication, there's idolatry, I'm telling you, you can't just teach anything you want to teach and expect to have the right product come out on the other side. It is either God's truth or it is error. In verse 21, God points out His mercy. He says, And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Even this Jezebel had an opportunity to get right. God shows mercy, but there comes a moment when God says, That's enough. He says in verse 22, Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her in, into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. The only hope was repentance. Verse 23, And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. He says, 
There's coming a moment that I'm going to purify my church one way or another. You either get clean or I'm going to clean house. You either deal with the sin or I'll have to deal with the sin. And he uses this imagery of casting into a bed. And do you remember sometimes we've said, that person made his bed, now he can sleep in it. The idea here is you have to deal with the consequences of your sin. Oh, you can choose your sin. You can choose which way you want to go, but you don't get to choose the consequences. God chooses that. And then he says to the church, the remnant in Thyatira in verse 24, But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. Aren't you glad God always has a remnant? Not everybody's swept away by it. He says in verse 25, But that which ye have already, hold fast till I come. Might I say it to you this way, church? Don't lose the ground you've gained. I know there's struggles. I know there's spiritual opposition. I know everybody's not doing the right thing. But don't let that be an excuse for you losing ground. Hold fast what you have. He says in verse 26, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Oh, what an expression that is. Power over the nations. Right now we're to be preaching to the nations. Someday we're going to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. I'm thinking now of John Knox who said, Give me Scotland or I die. He claimed a nation for the Lord. What a prayer this is. Dear Lord, we want to claim the nations for you and reach them for you. Someday, he said, I'll give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I have received of my Father. And I will give him the morning star. Who's the morning star? In Revelation twenty-two sixteen, we find that the morning star is none other than the Lord Jesus himself. He is the first light of a new day. He's the morning star. Don't you love this? He doesn't just give us something. He gives us himself. And then he ends the same way he does with all the churches in verse 29. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now here's the simple thought today from this church in Thyatira. It is this. You've got a choice to make. You've got to choose either Jesus or Jezebel. Now at first glance, that seems like an easy choice. Everybody says, we choose Jesus. But wait a minute now. If we allow any person to hold sway in our churches, any person to teach something that is other than what Christ taught, any person to lead us in a path that doesn't bring us nearer to the Lord Jesus Christ, then we've chosen Jezebel. You see, when I think of Jezebel, I think of something ugly, something awful. But actually, the Bible says here of Jezebel that obviously she was a beautiful person and presented herself beautifully because she was able to seduce the servants. May I say to you, Satan always dresses up he always dresses up. And yet, only the Lord can remove the mask and show us the ugliness beneath that veil. Oh, dear friend, we must choose either Jesus or Jezebel. In every church, someone is in charge. In every church, someone holds preeminence. It's either Jesus or Jezebel. In every life, someone makes the decisions. It's either Jesus or Jezebel. It's either the Lord Jesus Christ or it is sinful flesh and the world's way, and we must choose Jesus or Jezebel. As you just glance at this letter to the church at Thyatira, he deals with Jezebel in the heart of the letter because that was the great problem there. And right in the middle of the letter, he, he defines who she is, what she's like, what she's done, what she needs to do, what they need to do. But did you notice that the letter begins and ends not with Jezebel, but with Jesus? Oh, my friend, 
Christ is greater. Uh, instead of concentrating on false doctrine, let's preach the truth. Instead of uh, just complaining over what is wrong, let's preach what is right. Let's lift up Jesus Christ. When the letter begins, He's the one with eyes like a flame of fire He sees. Feet like fine brass He rules. Uh, knowledge of everything, their works, their charity, their service, their faith, their patience. Uh, it begins with the Lord. And how does it end? It ends with the Lord, with the morning star coming and bringing the first light of a new day. Let the Lord Jesus Christ have His rightful place in your life and in your church today. Never let it be said that Jezebel found a place among the Lord's servants here. No, when the Lord is seated on the throne, when He's ruling and reigning, there's no room for Jezebel. There's no room for the spirit of Antichrist when the spirit of Christ has His way and perfect liberty. May the Lord Jesus help us today to choose Jesus over Jezebel. The purpose of all Scripture is to see God. In Revelation, the curtain is pulled back and we are reminded not to simply look at world events, but to look to Christ. We hope you will join us next time as Scott Pauley continues our study through this amazing book of the Bible. You may also join us right now for additional studies and a library of helpful resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. You will find several new features at our online home, and we trust they will be a blessing to you as you walk with God. Plan to visit us each day at enjoyingthejourney.org, and we look forward to returning to Revelation on our next broadcast. Keep your eyes on Christ and look up. The King is coming.